let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. Yeah. Okay. Right. We're here. Just trying yeah. to get the right button. That's your first time in the studio. It is. Oh, this studio. This yeah. studio, yeah. Right. I don't know when that happened, but uh, I, I was here in December, but I didn't come on the air that day. That's for another reason. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, my, uh, my power went out yesterday. Like The whole neighborhood, actually several towns, gone for an hour. And when it came back on... Uh, the world of Wi-Fi and the internet didn't work, so. Uh, because the uh, power outage. No, and I haven't seen any stories yet. I was trying to find a story as to what caused it. It was something, I, I think, at a substation. But I don't really know the specific reasons, so. Sabotage? I, terrorism? It could have been. Oh, yeah, that's what they're doing in the South, right? They've been shooting out some of the uh, oh, yeah. power yeah, towers they're... and stuff. Yeah, yeah, some local terrorists are Because they're firing. mad about transgenders, uh Performing, yeah. reading to children or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, some kind of work. some kind of drag show for kids got this group upset, so they wanted to take out the electrical system. <laughs> I don't know. Something <laughs> rational. Don't think that was the reason for yesterday. And there was rain and there was a storm and there was thunder later, but I, I don't think that was the reason because it was kind of weird. It just glitched and was gone at like two thirty. 
Uh, you got a chance for money. Still got the KFI cash refill contest coming up at uh, about 20 after here on the John and Ken show. Uh, boy, this never gets old. And uh, it's a short update from Politico.com. Garcetti, you're still here? Question mark. They call it their West Wing playbook. Your guide to the people in power centers in the Biden administration. Wow. It's been 567 days since Joe Biden announced his nomination of Eric Garcetti to become U.S. ambassador to India. And it remains entirely unclear how much longer he will wait. Is that the longest delay in American history? That should, Somebody should look that up. I, I mean, do not know. 567 days and he's still sitting at home. Well, I thought they sat on Trump nominations for a long time. Wasn't Isn't that what they do now? They kind of just yeah. block each other's... Yeah nominations if it's the other party yeah but what happens is after a while the somebody somebody withdraws because it's embarrassing for the nominee that's what i think that's why it says it remains unclear how longer he will wait oh he'll wait forever oh he will he's got no job he's got no life why would he what are his other prospects what do you think he does all day now He's been out of the mayor's office for, what, six weeks or so? Yeah, So he December, wake, right? He wakes up in the morning, does what? Calls up senators and begs? Anybody want me? Anybody want me to speak? Anything I can do? Well, I bet his wife is furious. Uh, they, she had big dreams. She wanted to be first lady. I didn't know this. He was going to be the first mayor to voluntarily relinquish the job in over a century. Because he was going to go to Washington, D.C. The nomination was July 9th, 2021. That's the day it became public. And if they speeded it through the Senate, he would have just said, all right, I'm not going to be mayor anymore now. I'm, I'm done. Because well, most people who run for mayor actually want to be mayor. But he was, uh, he was a guy who never wanted to be mayor. Right. He just wanted to get to the next. Get some kind of credit to go to the next stage. Right, right. Uh, he spoke wistfully on July 9th, 2021, about building a life of service in his hometown. <laughs> he talked broadly about his commitment to service, including as a teacher, naval officer, and finally elected official. A, a man of service. A man of service. <laughs> so the update is that there really isn't any update. The same people that are speaking, one of them is a senator from Arizona, Mark Kelly, a Democrat, who said, I've had concerns, and I don't think anything's changed. Right. But the little twist in the story... It's kind of a little inside politics, but old Joe has a new chief of staff. What is it, Jeff Zients? Yes. He used to be the COVID czar. He's the new chief of staff, and apparently he and Rick Jacobs had some sort of a friendship. Uh-oh. Now, Rick Jacobs, of course, is the guy that's responsible, really, for Garcetti's problems. Was Jacobs kissing Zients on the lips? I on the lips? don't know, and they're thinking that might keep the nomination around because he might feel sympathetic, not only to Jacobs, but to Garcetti. And might be pushing to to keep Garcetti in the mix here to become yeah, but the ambassador to India. They're never gonna they're never gonna get the senators to go along with this. I but that's what chief of staffs do. They lobby, they work really hard well, behind the scenes. What what arguments they offer deals, power play. What arguments have the senators not heard yet? I five hundred and sixty seven yeah. days. I think everything's been said. Uh, one source said Jacobs has stayed with the Zeitz family when he visited when he visited oh, Washington oh. D.C. Yes. Mm. Uh oh. Well, his family's got stories. I hope you don't have any kids. Yeah. Yeah. Really. But he gets interested. In. Get your shots. Uh, 
Yeah, they confirmed that they knew each other and saw each other occasionally over the years. Uh-huh. Zeintz was not aware of the allegations before they aired publicly. Well, a lot of us weren't, but no. that was all the inside talk, though, among but, Garcetti staffers did, as to what was going did on. Did Zeintz, uh, not Zeintz, did Jacobs do this everywhere, not just in Garcetti's circle, but did he assault everyone with uh, the forced kissing and the uh, shoulder grabbing? And the crotch. Well, you're right. He wasn't a young guy by the time he got involved in the Garcetti administration. So I don't know what he did before that, but it probably wasn't a public enough job for people to care or talk about if he was doing that. I would imagine so. As you like to say, people don't change. And if he's been getting away with that all his life, he he was doing that everywhere he goes. Yeah. I mean, he got a real power position with Garcetti. Right. So he got people to go along with it. Right. Uh, I don't know what he did when he was young before he had some power, but... uh, Apparently, uh, it has to start all over again. He has to go back through the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and he got out of that committee. They forwarded the nomination to the full Senate, but that's where the whole thing stopped. It's going to be colossally embarrassing. They... The Republican from Iowa who's halted things, Chuck Grassley, he's got a huge file on Garcetti that he and his investigators put together. That committee hearing is going to go on for days. It's going to be Grassley uh, nailing him to the wall like a prosecutor. I know. He can't get out from this. Why didn't that happen in the committee, though? That's because we didn't have that big whistleblower story come up. Where, right. But it was kind of the same. The story was still yeah. there. It just. Yeah, this, yeah, because the lawsuit was there from the, uh, from the LAPD cop. Garcetti allies feel like he's been made to appear guilty by association. Oh, yes. Because I, just because I knew Rick Jacobs. And he was doing that. But I wasn't aware of it. I had no knowledge of it. I never saw it. You're making me guilty by association. They're trying to draw some by the sympathy. Way, by the way, who is, uh, who's a Garcetti loyalist? Who's got uh, is emotionally involved with how Garcetti progresses in his stupid political career? I, he's still like, probably got some hangers on who think he's going to be uh, a big but, deal. Uh, he's unemployed. I know. And it says here, now there's a belief that maybe they've just nominated him out of a sense of loyalty. And I, I think they're hoping he just withdraws, but he won't. That's what a normal person would do. You would think so. Yeah. I uh, mean, that, that happens all the time. Uh, a year and a half later, and you're still <laughs> languishing there. Um, I like this last part. This is a section of Politico, their West Wing playbook. Message us. Are you Eric Garcetti? We want to hear from you. And we'll keep you anonymous. Email us. They were actually asking <laughs> if Garcetti reads this to email them and have a response right. to their column. Right. Give us, give us a news tip. Give us What's a going news on? Tip. Have you heard anything? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, he might. I mean, last we checked, he's got his parents and a well-paid lobbyist who've been working to. <laughs> you know, that was the most embarrassing moment when he had his parents spend money on a lobbyist. He called in mommy and daddy. And yeah. They're spending money. Well, they don't want him around either. No. And they think he's a star. So they're going to do everything they can to try to. Yeah, uh, they really must have uh, uh, coddled him. And, oh yeah, uh, and, and convinced him that he was the second coming. I think that's exactly As, the way things were in that household for yeah. years. That uh, particularly, you know, when he got that uh, glorious education, right? Yeah. All uh, right. When we come back, chance for you to win some money. Thousand dollars is up for grabs. Uh, the KFI cash refill contest. You're going to hear this hour's keyword. More coming up. Johnny Ken KFI. AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, well, one of the big stories uh, this afternoon is that uh, Alec Baldwin has been officially charged with involuntary manslaughter. It happened today in New Mexico. 
Uh, they also charged the armor of this Hannah Gutierrez Reed. Involuntary manslaughter, if you don't remember, October 21st, 2021. Uh, gun went off in Alec Baldwin's hand, and it killed the cinematographer on a movie called Rust, Helena Hutchins. If convicted of the most serious charge, they could face a mandatory five-year prison sentence. The first assistant director, David Hall's already pled no contest to negligent use of a deadly weapon. He was kind of the third guy in this trifecta of lack of safety over guns. He got a suspended sentence of six months of unsupervised probation. Whatever that means. Kind of just do what you want. All right, my six months are up. Unsupervised probation. I don't know what that means. (laughs) We're not going to check on you, but if we catch you, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're on your own. Just let us know when you're done uh, with did, your probation. Did they make him do the perp walk? Because uh, I had read no. that they were going to do this by Zoom. No. Uh, in fact, I don't think they did any of that because it says next up will be a preliminary hearing, and that might be done virtually. They haven't even set the dates yet. Oh, uh, that's not right. This was just a processing of charges. Should be handcuffed, jailed. I know. He took a life. Killed somebody. Yes. What is this? He gets to stay home? Says here the Screen Actors uh, Union are not happy because an actor should not be responsible for gun safety. So why are you blaming him when it was really up to the armor on the set or anybody uh, else? Because he pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think it ultimately stops with the guy. Is that who our pulls, union? Who pulls the trigger. It is, yeah. It's, it's our union? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. well, they have Come to on. be on the side of the actor. That's who they represent, right? Well, not, not when he pulled the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh... Oh, actually, uh, all right, so first will be uh, something like an arraignment, then there'll be a preliminary hearing. I don't know whether or not, I guess he'll have to show up in person for the preliminary hearing, I don't know. Uh, but that's where the judge just decides if there's enough to actually take this to trial. Are they going to, are they going to, is he going to do the whole thing by Zoom? I'm guessing they don't really want to interfere with his life. And if they, if, so therefore, yeah, he can well, go and continue to do whatever he's done with his life and, uh, uh, you just deal with the questions that people have about this, but and if he gets for, convicted for a, for, he, a, for a criminal proceeding on manslaughter, it just sounds very light. Yeah, yeah. If he's convicted, is he going to go to jail by Zoom? Uh, I don't know. That, how would, that be would be a good work. idea. Yeah. You go to jail virtually. <laughs> Virtual jail. What you do is you set up a little place in your home with a camera, <laughs> and you sit there, and we can watch you for a few hours to make sure you're in uh, containment. I think we're all in virtual jail in some way. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, the truth about this case was that the, the whole set was just rampant with nobody cared uh, when it came to guns. I, like we said, they were, they were filming an old Western. So probably they got in the mood to feel like they're on, they're on the scene of an old Western out there with they, the, you know, the, well, the, the... The crew was bored. And so at night they would load the uh, pistols with real bullets and they'd shoot cans off a fence. Really? They did? Yeah. Because they had nothing to do. They had nothing to do. You know, they probably got loaded on a few beers and started uh, having a shooting contest. And I think that's how the bullets, the real bullets, got mixed with the blanks. Now, uh, this guy Halls, who took the plea deal, has apparently uh, said something different. Uh, He was the first assistant director. He's the one that made the plea deal. So he said it was uh, the uh, armorer, Guterres Reed, who handed the gun to Baldwin. And he he said he never called out cold gun. That's he's denying that. So mm. I guess there'll be other witnesses to say well, that's well, true or not. But Baldwin's whole shtick so far has been to blame everybody else and claim he didn't do it, which is a lie. Right. You know, they, they, they're going to I mean, 
He claims Gutierrez Reed is the one that said cold gun and handed the weapon to Baldwin. He did not see her load the weapon, but that she had shown him the gun already loaded with what he believed to be dummy rounds. That's what he thought was in there. Prosecution's going to put on gun experts, uh, movie prop experts, and every one of them is going to say that a gun like that, it is impossible for it to go off by itself. You have to put pressure on the trigger. Otherwise, it never goes off. Oh, yeah, that That's was his I've, claim, wasn't it? That, yeah. That he never fired it. It just went off. I've heard several of these guys, and they're, they're, they're definitive about it. Like, right. no wiggle room. Right. It's impossible. Right. So apparently when you yell out cold gun, that means that someone actually physically checked the cylinder to make sure it was safe to use. So that's why it's key as to who yelled out cold gun. And Halls is saying, I never said that, but I think she said that. But he said he, he didn't blame any one person. It was Hutchins who directed Baldwin to point the gun in her direction. Oh, it it's her fault se- then. <laughs> the dead woman. Blame the victim. It was a series of tragic mistakes that happened. A live round ended up on a film set, and then there are things that you cannot put sole responsibility on one person, he said in his deposition. Again, this is the guy that uh, uh, pled out, the assistant, the first assistant director of the case. Uh, now, the Gutierrez-Reed, the armorer, that's the young woman, this is like one of her first films, wasn't it? Her second, I think, and her dad had done that job and was very well known for decades. Wow. Oh. So he, she grew up on movie sets watching him work. And then she got into the business, and it was her second time. Well, she's out of the business. She said in a deposition that uh, she's been unemployed for a year, and she's now managing the social media accounts of an Arizona-based real estate company. That's what she's doing now with her, her life. So, yeah, that's uh, well. That's... I, I don't think you're going to get another job as an armor and no a movie set after this happened. No, that <laughs> would seem very unlikely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you only get you only get one kill. Do you think he'll make a plea deal then, the both of them probably? I don't know, because... Stay out of jail? If, if he could stay out of jail, yeah. I think he would, he would admit it in order not to go to prison. You think they would do a plea deal for a five-year prison sentence? They, That's, uh, the I prosecutors don't know. or... I, I don't think this is hard to prove. You know, you, you do a plea deal if you have doubts about your own case. Right. And if you don't think you can get a conviction. Now, the wild card is, I don't know how a jury deals with him. Because he's got two things going for him. He's, he's, he's a famous actor, handsome famous actor. And uh, he's also a, a, a big uh, liberal political icon. Yeah, but he's kind so, of a loud mouth and an annoying... Right, but depends what side you're on. You know, if, if you're on his political side, then he's your guy. He's fighting for you. You yeah. know, if you're conservative, he's a big pain in the ass and you want him to rot in hell. So I don't know how that breaks out on the jury. Now, the Post is running a story here that apparently uh, Baldwin had been inattentive during firearm safety practice. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's not going to look good for him and that it's going to indicate that he really was just too casual on the set well, when yeah, they were using. Because how many movies has he done where there were guns? So yeah. it's that wah, 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 wah. You've heard a, a thousand times. They go on a cruise ship, right? Or, or an airline, right? Does anyone pay attention to the airline uh, safety uh, speech? Not anymore. Any, Nobody does. Anybody following all the hand signals that the that the flight attendant's giving? Now you should take a nap. Yeah, right. Keep your headphones do, on. Do you check for your flotation device underneath the seat? <laughs> the... All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere in the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, of course, we're on 1 to 4, so if you can't catch this thing live, you can always catch up on the podcast at KFIAM640.com, the iHeartRadio app, 
A reminder that it's Tuesday. That's exciting. You know, I actually heard somebody said today. What? Hump Day Eve. I, 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 oh, no. No, I couldn't believe I heard that. I heard somebody, I was a DJ yeah. somewhere, just say that. It's that, Hump Day Eve. That person should be identified and removed. <laughs> removed from the radio business. Hump Day Eve. Oh, no. There's a, no, 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 no. Hump that, Day's bad enough. The moist line's coming back Hump day. in three days. So this is just a quick reminder. Leave a message. Moron DJs have been saying that for decades. Hump Day? Yeah, since I was a kid, they've been saying Hump Day. When Who started that? When does it stop? Yeah, I didn't. I thought it was more current than that. I didn't realize it went back that oh, many years. Oh, I remember a long time, yeah. Oh, hump day. Because well, yeah. I remember getting into radio. It's for the cubicle people that you always mock. They need something to say, all right, we're halfway there. I, I, I remember. <laughs> halfway to the weekend. When I got into radio. What's I for lunch? I promised myself I'm never going to say the words hump day unless I'm mocking it. Oh, I'm not going to wish sincerely anyone. Can we say, woohoo, Friday. That's on the endangered list. The it's, woohoos. How about it's Monday? Yeah, Mondays are good. I like see. I like working. But the commercial s- was funny, right? Where the camel walks around. <laughs> you haven't seen that commercial? No. The insurance company commercial. Oh, I think oh. he's yelling. It's Hump Day, everybody! Hump Day! He's all excited. It's an actual camel. You get it? Uh, the moist line can be. You can find it using the talk uh, back feature on the iHeartRadio app. It's the microphone icon, or call the toll free number one eight seven seven moist eighty six. 1-877-664-7886. Shootings continue to be in the news. Later on, we'll talk again about... Uh, and John does not want you to call it Beverly Crest. I saw Beverly Crest again it today. It is in two not sto- Beverly I, Crest. I know. I, <sighs> I have it in my script. I'm told to call it that. Well, who who told you? Who told you to call oh, it that? Oh, John's going to fight someone now. No, it's wrong. The I, reporter keeps putting it in, and I've, I've had it. Dis- here you go. Look at this. Is that Blake? Blake. Oh, my God. Look, here's, here's oh. Wikipedia on this. All right? Uh, it's, it's east of Coldwater Canyon yeah. and Benedict Canyon drive, which is just down the road is west of Coldwater. John lived there 14 years. Don't argue 14 with him. 14 years. And I'm looking at the, at the streets <laughs> here and none of them are as Ellison. Get Blake on the line. All right. Uh, uh, she, that she, she threw him under the bus. No, I mean, I, I'm not throwing him under no, the it's bus. Not I, just, mean, I, it's just I didn't even notice you were saying it, but I heard some TV reporters. I, I got it. I got a Channel 7 story in front of me. It's headlined, Beverly Crest Triple Shooting. They all did it. Maybe since you moved, they took over that part. Exactly. No, no. It's it's known as Beverly Hills Post Office. Right. That's what it's known as. Because happened- sure nothing changed? You've been gone a few years. It's uh, Nothing changed? No. <laughs> I'm going to call. Redistricting? I, I still have friends who live up there. I'm going to ask them if anybody started calling it Beverly Crest. Well, of course, everyone now is about videos. We're back in this cycle of what did the police do? And obviously what happened in Memphis horrendous right there's there's just no excuse for beating a guy to death like they did in memphis but what that leads to is is we like to call it clickbait so now they look for other stories that might have video and i mean this one is an almost huntington park police apparently shot and killed a double amputee last thursday he tried to run away from them on his stumps after jumping out of his wheelchair now, you read that first sentence and you're like, what? How could anybody chase and then shoot to death a double amputee? And not only that, he's a father of two. Uh, this is Huntington Park Police Department. This is not LAPD. Uh, he, by the way, he lost the lower halves of his legs after an altercation with police in Texas. So he came here from Texas, John, once again. Now, 
the reason that this was a dangerous situation, he had just stabbed somebody unprovoked. So the police get there. They not only know it's a man with a knife, but it's a man with a knife that apparently stabs somebody. Mm -hmm. So you got to be on high alert. And he still has he may the knife. be in a wheelchair, yeah. but uh, who knows if he could jump out at you? I, 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 I'm not defending them shooting him, but I'm just saying that you can't. It says they tried to tase him. They chased him as he ran down the sidewalk. I mean, you got to arrest this guy because he stabbed somebody. That's that's a deadly assault, is it not? All right, so they have to somehow put him in custody. So, but he's wheeling away and then he's running away on his stumps, which is uh, really bizarre. Did you see the video? I have seen the video. Yes, it is it's ridiculous. It's exactly why a lot of people are probably clicking the story because they can't believe it. Um, he did have a large butcher knife. Yeah. In one hand, as he turned and tried to run away from them. So a second cop car arrives. Third police officer comes out with it. 15 seconds of the third officer arriving. They did fire multiple shots. Now, the contention is they thought he might throw it at them. Like a knife thrower. Right. Which I don't know how accurate or deadly that would be. But he couldn't exactly lunge at them. No, not unless he got close enough. Right. right. If he wheeled his way closer to them, I guess he could have. Uh, right. But, you know, you, it's easy to back off. Because whoever he stuck with the knife, he probably was right next to them with his wheelchair unless he lunged. Them. They don't know. Uh, it says here, uh, then he was lying on the ground. They placed him in handcuffs. He was tased at least twice by Huntington Park officers, but the deployment of the taser was apparently ineffective. I keep hearing that now, that some of these tasers are not... Um, Doing the job. Remember the uh, right. Well, the, the teacher that was killed by LAPD. Yeah, where he died in custody after being tased. But they had problems with the taser, I think. Too. Yeah, and the taser uh, didn't uh, subdue the the guy that got killed in Memphis. Right, right, right. So uh, the cops involved have been placed on leave for a few days, but there is no official disciplinary action that's been taking. Now the LA. County Sheriff's Office is investigating the incident, which comes, of course, just three weeks after what happened to the guy in uh, Memphis. Uh, yeah, it says that uh, the family told the L.A. Times he lost the lower half of his legs following a different altercation with police in Texas. He had been living with his mother as a result of an injury there. And the day of his death, yeah. he said he was just going to go so, down to McDonald's. But it's yeah, not so. clear yet who he's supposedly stabbed. But that's okay. what well, the I, cops thought when they got there, that he stabbed somebody. Right. Okay, so I, I don't I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for him. I know. This is the, the second time he's been involved in a major altercation, and he just stabbed someone. So you put yourself in play like that. Yeah, that's um, that's that does make it very difficult, right? I mean, how, how absurd is it that... You don't have legs. You're sitting in a wheelchair, but you're chasing you're chasing after people with with a knife and stabbing them. I mean, what? I I don't. Know. You're asking too much. And of course, they have to throw in the fact that he's the father of two. But I don't know what he was doing with his life. If he he came to L.A., I guess to live with his mother because he didn't have the lower half of his legs and he needed some help with with getting around. Well, and doing he things. should have been home with his kids. Father of two. Well, why wasn't he home with his kids? Instead, he's out stabbing on the streets. Yeah, and they haven't. We have to find out if that story plays out. His name is Anthony Lowe Jr., thirty-six years old. And, and by the way, not, he, uh, if the police sense a danger, are they supposed to ask, "Oh, do you have children?" Before <laughs> they respond with uh, 
With gunfire? No. If they're told that you just stabbed somebody and they get to the scene and they see a knife, it's going to get real serious real quick. Yeah. Uh, you should just surrender if you're an innocent man just going to McDonald's and everything's wrong you know about the story. You haven't stabbed anybody. You haven't done anything wrong. Then, you know, just uh, stay there and that'll play out. Yeah. But, and it, it's pretty clear a few cops are crazy. So you're, you're taking risks out there. Yeah, this, uh, this is not a perfect world here. So uh, it, it is tough to defend, though, shooting somebody who's an amputee and just has a knife. And uh, you can certainly keep your distance rather easily. You would think that would be the case. You would think, yeah. All right, we got more coming up. It's the Johnny Ken Show on KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, it's something we've touched on before, coming up after 2 o'clock. We're going to talk about what they refer to as excess deaths. We're going to talk about dying next hour. Anyway, excess deaths or the deaths that are far and above the normal that you get in a year's tally, something like that. So in the state of California, there's been a 20% increase in these uh, excess deaths and COVID is not the full explanation for it. It's more evidence that there were definitely, definitely big consequences from the lockdowns. Yeah. Newsom's lockdown killed people. They did. <laughs> oh, that's, that should be involuntary manslaughter too. I, that's right. Well, it kind of started at the or, top when or, uh, or voluntary manslaughter, we had all those uh, experts in Washington, D.C. Yeah. tell us that we had to uh, completely stay away from each other, and that had some bad consequences. Uh, got an animal story for Deborah Mark. Yippee! No, it's not a yippee. Boo. You do not like the rodeo, do you? I hate rodeos. Did you ever go to a rodeo? Are you kidding me? You know, I did once in Wyoming. It was really cool and exciting. I was in Las Vegas when they had the big rodeo convention. And just an accident in December. And I, the rodeo I, as convention. soon as I walked into a couple of hotels, I saw these guys with the 10-gallon hats. I'm yeah. like, what is this? Yeah. And I thought there was just a country performer. Then I read it was a big rodeo. It was actually a competition, a huge competition. It is exciting to watch. Like the National Rodeo Finals. I'm what do you sorry, see when I, you go? I, you just see what they... Uh, what, did, it, what did you see, John? What kind of events? It... Um, but, 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 what you would imagine, you know, you're in a you're in a grandstand. It's like set up like a racetrack. It's yeah. an oval, and they release uh, 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 like a bull. Not, yeah. not a bull, right? Is it a no? It's a what do they rope? Well, Horse? you, horses. No, 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 no. They they rope uh, uh, bulls, bulls, cattle, or yeah. cattle, yeah. cattle. Yeah. All right. They so a bull comes out, and uh, the cowboy chases him on a horse. He's on horseback, and he ropes them and tries to pull him down. But that's cruel. Exactly. Well, it's fun. Oh, well, you're God. describing it I with such glee. It sounds like. Oh, it's a, it's a, do it's they a... break their legs or how do they? Because you have to kind of take their legs out, right? To well, you just oh, and I, and, and I, them around the. And I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Um, do they ride the bull and they try to ride sit on the bull long enough? Well, that's they, part they, of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what the story is. Oh uh, well, the, see, that's the really good part when you have the cowboy getting uh, trying to sit on the bull's back and getting bucked. And falling off and then maybe and getting off. hurt because the bull is then really pissed off and chases him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. Hey, people watch NFL football every Sunday. It's not different. That's one of our favorite photos of all time. That, that guy got uh, nailed in the groin by the gored. bull's horn. Yeah. Yeah, he got gored in the groin. Didn't one guy get gored in the, uh, in the, in the anus? And, oh, in the anus, too. Yeah. Right. That's right. In the back. Yeah. He uh, just the, wanted to say anus. I think they survived. <laughs> but he was holding the guy up in the air by the anus with the horn sticking out of him. Oh, gee. God. Uh, this was a 14-year-old boy 
He was riding a bull at the rodeo for the first time in his life. And it wasn't Deborah Mark that the bull threw him and he died. He suffered cardiac arrest. He was so scared? Uh, I guess. He rode a bull at the Rafter K Rodeo Winter Series. This is in North Carolina. And uh, it says emergency personnel had to respond to a call for cardiac arrest. Um, he was riding a bull when he experienced cardiac arrest and later died at the hospital. Oh, that's really sad. From the stress of uh, riding yeah. the bull? You're only 14. There must have been some tragic heart defect. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I would, I would think there had to be something about be- that. Better that than being gored by a bull. This isn't a Damar Hamlin situation where the bull hit him at the wrong time in the heartbeat, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he was thrown. Story doesn't say that he was thrown yeah, from didn't... the bull or otherwise suffered any any kind just, of like... He just was sitting on the bull? There was no contact then? Yeah, because it says here um, they were proud that he rode the bull. But then after he got done with the bull ride, he suffered cardiac arrest. And they had to take him... Uh, to the hospital. Wow. I bet he was scared to death. Uh, if he had a, a, a weakness and then he was so revved up, revved up, a lot of adrenaline, heart beating really fast, blood pressure and all that. So much adrenaline that might, he might, even... have, might have popped something in his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. That's a very sad story. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but the animal didn't get hurt, right? So you're not... Oh, I'm very happy that the animal didn't get hurt, but I, I certainly am, am not happy that a 14-year-old died. Oh, no. Of course I just... Let's make that clear. <laughs> Before we twist <laughs> yes, your exactly. reaction. Sure. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's talk about old Joe Biden. Apparently, he has told the Amtrak train story again. Can you believe that? Uh, the Amtrak train story, This is he did this yesterday in Baltimore. And it's whenever he shows up to talk about infrastructure spending, because some of that money is spent on things. And in this case, it's a pair of train tunnels. Um, and so that just always stokes his memories. Well, and he starts telling his Amtrak stories again. Why is he so fixated that he used to take a train to work? Millions of people do. I know. Why does he think it's such a special moment in his life that he was on a train? Do you think it's the idea that it's, he's promoting... For people to use mass transit, and he's proud that uh, he did that for oh. so long. And he's proud that he did it. I, he, he, he always tells a story like he's proud, but it's it's nothing. You just climb aboard and you sit there. There's nothing romantic. There's it's not an accomplishment to to sit in a train car while it carries you to your destination. You it's it's passive. He had to tell everybody that uh, he rode through this particular tunnel a thousand times. I've been through this tunnel, the Baltimore Tunnel. Uh, all right, so we can we got some audio of uh, his latest uh, oh, no. storytelling. By the way, I can say it now since I know the uh, there's different leadership. I used to about fifteen uh, percent of the time ride with the engineers, for real. And I'm the only guy that I was aware of when I stopped riding Amtrak that had a key to get in the back. So uh, you you can tell your predecessor he's gone. At wow, um, yeah, I, he sounds even more weak and feeble. He does. And <laughs> so, well, so he had a key to the back door of the. That's what he's claiming. So what? That he got to ride with the engineers. What like, is he? Eight? The locomotive up front, I guess. Yeah, that's something a little and, kid would be excited. And it's about. odd that he that he used fifteen percent of the time. 
I rode with the engineers, like a very exact kind of percentage. 15%. Yeah, so like he calculated his trips and how many times he was in the locomotive with the engineers. So, and that was 15% of my trips. So that would be like three out of 20. Uh, you get 20 trips in a month. The, he was three times. Yeah, he... Wow. Of course, there's the famous story he tells about his train rides involving a conductor that he kept uh, talking about, Angelo Negri who retired from Amtrak in 1992 and died in 2014. Even CNN declared one of his stories false because he was talking about that conductor when that conductor had already passed away. So, right. Yeah. Uh, and the news media has covered this over and over and over again, and he, he doesn't stop, which makes me think, see, that to me is a sign of senility. That he When you keep telling a story that everybody in the world knows is false and you keep pushing it, it means he can't control himself. He doesn't remember. Yeah. This is when he keeps telling the story that he also flew over a million miles on Air Force Two when I was vice president. Um, and I have over a million miles on Amtrak. How do you do that? Well, they added it up. But apparently... Uh, What's with only Amtrak statistics with him? He... Uh, I don't know. That is a lot of. It, just, it does sound like just a, a really old guy. Yeah, hey, used to take the train. Used to sit with the engineers. It's, oh, yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's not even interesting stories. A lot of the folks in Amtrak became my family. Not yeah, a joke. Yeah, some of the stories he was telling was just out of date. In other words, he was talking about Amtrak employees. And he mentioned a deceased Amtrak conductor right. who congratulated him on his ridership total when that guy was already dead when Biden originally. Biden's 80 years old. Of course, uh, all those people are dead. They've been dead a long time. And uh, I, I, Speaking of Biden, when we come back, uh, you probably know by now that uh, they have uh, declared the federal state of emergency is going to end for COVID. Of course, that <laughs> won't be happening until May 11th. Ooh. May 11th. That's, that's just Four and a half months. You. It's January, well, 31st, but May 11th, right. May 11th. Uh, wow. About three months. We're going to be in a state of emergency. Three and a half months. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about this new report on excess deaths in the state of California. We've touched on this before. The fact that the lockdowns can bring, uh, or did bring, momentous consequences to people's lives. And uh, the number of people who died outside of COVID was higher than normal uh, since 2020, the years 2020 and 21 and 22. We'll get to that, all that coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.